Welcome to another episode of First Time Bible Teacher, a podcast designed to help you learn to teach the Bible, starting with the very basics. Today's episode is about handling in-the-moment teaching requests. Most of the time, teaching is something you can plan on. You know Sunday's coming and you have plenty of time to get ready. But sometimes the pastor gets sick, an opportunity just falls into your lap, and before you know it, you need to teach really soon. This episode will help you think through those moments so that instead of meeting them with panic, you can deliver solid, quality teachings. Let's dive in. There's a verse that comes up often when it comes to preparing young teachers to learn what it is to teach the Bible. And a lot of times it gets used in the moment when you first need it. It's something that I heard, but then it was something that was used to kind of fling me into a moment that maybe I didn't feel totally ready for. And it was Paul's writing to Timothy. In 1 Timothy 4, he tells Timothy to preach the word, and he says that he should be ready in season and out of season. That's just the biblical call that God gives to people who are going to teach the Bible. As Paul is training up a younger leader in the faith, a younger pastor, he tells him when it comes to teaching the word, you need to be ready in season and out of season. And a lot of times you're going to hear that verse as another pastor on the church staff is kind of tapping you on the shoulder, telling you to walk into the room and start teaching them right now. I know that that's happened to me before. But there's a little bit more to this idea of being ready in season and out of season. I think first, it refers to the heart of the teacher. For people who are going to teach the Bible, the idea that I see in this verse is that teaching is not something you just get to choose when you want to do it. You don't get the convenient life when you step into the world of Bible teaching. You need to have the heart of a servant. That's something that gets talked about all the time when it comes to Bible teachers. So this idea of in and out of season, to me, first kind of speaks to the concept of convenience. Are you only going to teach the word when you're ready for it? Are you only going to teach it when it's easy for you to do that? Or are you going to be willing to face inconvenience, sometimes fear, sometimes stress, when you're thrown into moments that you don't necessarily feel ready for? First, it goes to the heart, and then I think it speaks to the action. Are you ready at a moment's notice? Are you ready for someone to just simply come to you and say, hey, we need you to teach tomorrow. Could you do that? I think it says all of these things to us. And so I remember hearing that idea and hearing that I should be ready to teach. And at first it made me wonder, like, so what's the prep process even for? Like, if I should just be ready all the time, then why do I go about studying for messages or why do we give ourselves so much time to prepare for them. Like at first it made me wonder, does this even happen? Like, do you wind up facing situations where you're just kind of thrown in and now you need to teach immediately? That was always my big question. And my experience has shown me the answer to that is a resounding yes. There are moments where you cannot prepare for them. You cannot see them coming and you just need to show up and be ready to teach. I know one time a leader that was serving underneath me at my church in New Jersey, he ended up needing to lead our youth group Christmas party because I woke up that morning with the stomach bug. Um, There's no way you can see that coming. There's no way you can plan for that. There was no sign 
beforehand of like something was coming. There, there was just nothing. There was, I went to sleep healthy. I woke up sick. Now someone needs to teach on one of our biggest youth group nights. That happened. And someone needed to just step in and they did. And I'm really grateful that they did. But moments like that may wind up coming. I remember uh, the youth group that I was teaching at and leading, uh, our church had a, a K through 12 school associated with the church that met in the church building. And there was a day where they just kind of didn't have as much going on. I forget exactly what it was, but students were just kind of hanging out. And so I used that opportunity to just kind of wander the halls of the school and kind of pop in on the middle school classrooms of the students that I would lead in youth group. And I walked by this one class and the teacher basically waved me in and said, hey, do you have anything you want to teach these students right now? And I was like, wait, what am I? How, how long do I have? And they're like, oh, you have half an hour. You can take the whole class if you want. And all the students got excited about it, which at times is a weird reaction from students. Sometimes they're not always super excited about Bible teaching. But this time they totally were. And I thought, well, I can't say no to these guys. So I went from walking the halls, hanging out with students, to I am now teaching a sermon to them within the course of about 60 seconds. Like these things do happen and maybe neither of those specific situations will happen to you. And maybe you're thinking, well, our church, like we have things really planned out. These kind of spontaneous moments don't really happen with us. So maybe I don't need to be ready for these things. Well, even if you don't see them practically happening, that doesn't change what God has commanded Bible teachers to be ready for. Whether or not you faced these moments, that doesn't change 1 Timothy 4.2. It still tells us that we need to be ready in season and out of season. It still tells us that we need to be ready on a moment's notice. And our role in following Jesus isn't to only listen to the Bible when it makes sense to us or when it feels practical. It's to believe the Bible as true because it's God's spoken word to us. And because of that, whatever it says, we have to regard it as right. And we follow the commandments we see in there. So we should be ready for in-the-moment teaching requests, for something to come our way, to just pull us into a room, and now all of a sudden, we're teaching. That's a terrifying moment. That's a really scary thing when it happens to you. So what are the things to kind of pull you out of the panic? Like, that, that's what happens initially. You have this teaching request come your way, you go into a cold sweat, and you panic, and you wonder, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? Well, here are some goals to keep in mind when it comes to an impromptu teaching. You're not going to teach the most polished, elaborate, beautiful message you've ever taught in those moments. That's just a silly goal to have. That takes a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of prep. You should aim for that in the teachings that you can plan for. But when you can't plan for it, you need to kind of adjust the goals. So the first goal is really simple. You just got to keep it biblical. You got to make sure that you're teaching something that's true. I know that sounds like a very obvious statement, but remember, so much of the study that you may be doing is to make sure that you're interpreting the Bible right. If you're stepping into a moment where you haven't had time to prep for it, maybe now isn't the time 
to step into a passage you've never taught before. You know, when you're teaching the Bible, even if it's in the moment, you're not just workshopping new material. You're not just testing things out and saying, oh, well, let me put this in front of an audience and and see how that works. No, every teaching opportunity, whether you've planned for it or not, is a chance to help shape souls. It's a chance to groom people into the kind of humans God wants them to be. So you don't get to just go up there and see if it works out. You got to make sure that you know that you know that you know that what you're about to teach is biblically true. So because of that, rely on the stuff that you already know. Don't venture into new ground. Stay with the faithful, reliable things that you know you're going to be able to teach. Second goal to keep in mind, keep it practical. If you're just going to give a whole bunch of information and you're not really prepared for it, that information can jumble together. That information can be hard to follow. You can very easily lose your place along the way. And a lot of times what I've found is once you get into something practical, real life examples are kind of easy to navigate. So if you're going to teach a message on kindness and it's an in the moment type thing, you can think of examples of moments that you have been unkind or people have been unkind to you. You can think of examples of kind words making a big difference in somebody's life. And you can show those examples to back up a simple text. It may not feel like you're teaching the most profound thing in the world, but you're giving people things that they can go live differently because of. You're trying to maximize your teaching. And if you can't bring something that's super well studied, you can bring something that has a lot of application in it. So try to teach something that's really practical. Give people things they can do differently. Encourage them to apply the word to their life, not just to learn new things about the word. You may find that if you're teaching something really practical, something like uh, the first half of Philippians chapter two, you know, about keeping unity together, thinking of others as better than yourself, being the humble servant, something like that has tons of practical applications that you can just kind of wander around in for a little bit and you may be able to share a story that really sticks with someone and helps turn that verse from a thing they've heard to a thing they live. So keep it biblical, keep it practical. Last, keep it consumable. If you don't have the luxury of really well-written out notes, if you don't have the luxury of really, really crafting where you're going before you start, the thing that's going to be hardest to do is to keep it focused. And if you teach too many scattered ideas, at some point, it's almost like you might as well have not taught at all. You can wind up confusing people, making clear passages more complicated than they need to be. You can end up saying a lot of different things that scatter the minds of the listeners rather than focus them on the things that God has for them. It's way better that you go into two really simple ideas and and talk through them well then you talk about 15 really deep, profound ideas and do a mediocre job on each of them. Especially if you're trying to give people 15 ideas, really like in any message, that's just too much for people to try to carry with them. You know that if you're giving them 15 points, they're forgetting at least eight of them. 
And even that is probably generous. Like they're going to forget a fair amount of what you're going to say. And if you already have the trouble of, I got to make sure this is streamlined, this is focused, this is easy to follow, then you need to really simplify the ideas that you have. Keep it something really consumable, something really easy for people to take with them. Now, you may be wondering, well, how do you even go about picking the passage that you're going to teach in the moment? Well, this is where the idea of having travel messages can really become helpful. At any given point, there are probably three to five messages that I have worked on, that I've taught before, that I feel really good about, that hit pretty deep within me, that I feel like at a moment's notice, if I'm walking by a room of 50 Christians and they call me in and they say, hey, we were supposed to have a Bible study, but uh, our teacher had car problems and his battery died and none of us are able to go get him because he's so far away. Can you teach us right now? I have like three to five messages where I know the structure of them. I know the passage. I know the ideas that I hit along the way. They're just things that are traveling with me. They're things that I'm, I'm ready to dive into um, pretty much at a moment's notice. These are the ones that kind of hit within me more deeply uh, and and the interesting thing about this, and, and this is just a total side point, this is one of the reasons we should be less judgmental of the pastors that are with us every week. Guest teachers are always showing up bringing their best. They're bringing the messages that they've taught before that have hit deeply where they taught them the first time, that hit them deeply as they taught them. Your normal pastor is bringing his everyday stuff. So give him a little bit of a break. He, he's giving you everything he's got. The guest teacher is only giving you the top 1% of what they can give. So just a little side note there. But as you're trying to figure out what are the ones that you can bring with you, here are some questions you should ask about messages that you're teaching to kind of figure out, could this potentially be a traveling message? Well, first, does this teaching really seem to burn deeply within you? Is it something where as you talk about it, you get excited, you light up, you really, really are passionate about teaching it? If it's not something that you're going to be really passionate about, it's not going to be something that sticks deep within you. Now, we should be passionate in all of our teachings. I'm not trying to say that there are doctrines or things that you should think less of, but there are some messages that just really, really resonate with you. And if it's not something that really resonates with you, it's going to be something that's harder for you to go back to when you need it in the moment. So did this teaching really, really burn deeply within you is the first question you should ask. The second is, did it connect with people the first time you taught it? You know, if I taught something in my youth group and I really, really cared about it, but I got the sense I was putting the students to sleep, that's probably not one that I'm going to bring with me. Or if I taught it in the main sanctuary of my church and I really deeply cared about it, but it just felt like it was kind of just another message to everybody who was listening to it, then I need to think about just because I care about it, that doesn't mean that it hits people where they need it. You know, I, I, teaching isn't about just what I want. It's about what the room needs. Uh, and, and that kind of leads to the third question. Let's say it does really hit with the people that you're teaching. Was it too specifically made for them? 
you know, sometimes when you're teaching, part of what you're thinking about is what do the people in front of me need? And if you're talking about something that's really, really specific to the community of people that you regularly teach, that's going to be something that's really hard for you to bring with you somewhere else. It's going to be really hard for that other audience to connect with what you're saying. So if it's really specific to a certain moment or a certain event that's happened within your normal teaching community, it might not be something that resonates with a different teaching community. And then let's say the message hits all three of those things. You loved it, the people loved it, and it wasn't just for those people. Then when the teaching request actually comes, is it still something that's ripe in your heart? At one point, one of the traveling messages that I kind of had in mind was an overview of the book of Jonah. And I I love teaching that book. I I think it's so interesting to study Jonah, you know, the reluctant guy who brings revival. Like he he does something that we wish somebody would do today uh, in our own country. He brings revival. It's amazing. But when I think about how long ago I taught that message, and even when I try now to remember the points of it, it, it's just not a message that's still ripe within my own heart. It's something I remember I've taught. It's something that if I looked back on for a little bit, I'm sure that I could remember a lot more of it, but it's not something that's really burning in my heart the way that it once did. And, and you don't want to bring something stale. You don't want to bring something, you know, rotten to the table. You don't want to bring something that ripened and then rotted within your own heart. You want to bring something that's fresh, that's alive, that's ready to go in a moment's notice. So you should think about these things with regards to traveling messages. Now let's say you don't have any of those. You don't have one that you look at and you say, I am ready to teach this at a moment's notice, but I'm getting an in-the-moment teaching request. Well, what do I do? First, try to teach something relevant. Think about the people you're about to teach to. You know, if you get an in-the-moment request, let's say you hear about a church or a youth group or whoever, some group that you're going to wind up teaching, what do you know about them? What are you aware of with this group? And it could be something really broad. If you're teaching a youth group, the thing that you might know about them is their high school students. Well, that can narrow your focus a little bit. Uh, let's say the group you know you're about to teach, it's college students. Well, maybe that brings up different concerns. You know, college-age students have different needs than different ages within the body of Christ. Whatever you happen to know about that group, think about what that group might need. Or think the other way. Think about things as broad as you can. What's common to all the church? You know, all the church needs to know about reading their Bible. All the church needs to know about prayer. All the church needs to know about trials. You know, you can either try to get specific to what you believe or know about those people already, but you can also go the other way and you can broaden it to something that's applicable to all Christians. So teach something relevant, something we've already touched on. The second point, teach something simple. In the moment teaching requests, this is meat and potatoes preaching. This isn't about bringing your best illustration. This isn't about bringing the most polished message you've ever brought. This is about teaching something that is going to hit people where they need it. This is about bringing something that's just simple, quality, something that they can bring with them. Don't worry about the complexity of the message. It's better that your whole message is a little repetitive, but really true 
then the, your message is super creative but hard to follow. Teach something simple. You don't want to confuse yourself while you're teaching this message. That's a big thing. You can wind up, if you go down all of these different paths, you confuse yourself as you're teaching. And if you're confused, there's no way your listeners are going to understand. You know, if you get confused and you get all muddied up within the message that you're teaching, if it's not clear to you, it'll never be clear to your listeners. So teach something that's really simple, that's ready to go, you know, something that you know you're not going to get lost in it. And if you're not going to get lost in it, you at least create the opportunity that your listeners won't get lost in it. So teach something relevant, teach something simple, teach something with structure. You know, pick a passage where you know the flow to it. Pick something where you can see the moves within the text and you can even call them out as as headings potentially. So I, I know for myself, one of the messages that I feel very confident bringing out kind of at a moment's notice is about comparison. And it's about the idea of we need to learn to do just the things God is calling us to do, not try to do everything. And it's from Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 4 through 6. I know what each of those verses is doing within the message. It's just three verses, and it's a three-part message, essentially. The first verse brings up the problem of comparison. The second verse talks about the bad response to this problem, which is laziness. And the third verse brings up the good response, which is finding just what God has for you. You know, there's there's clear structure. I can call that structure out in the beginning, and now I make it a little bit easier for every listener to be able to follow along. I know uh, a mentor of mine in teaching he taught a four-part message from Psalm 119, uh, verse 162 specifically. And, and the verse itself creates the four parts of the, message, uh, of the message. It was, I rejoice at your word like one who discovers a great treasure. And so he broke that into four parts. I rejoice, the idea of we need to come joyfully to the word. At your word, it's the Bible that brings us our true joy. It's following Jesus that brings us our true contentment. I rejoice at your word like one who finds. Having this is going to require effort and searching a great treasure, that fourth part. Something where we'll gain something super meaningful and valuable out of studying God's word. There's clear structure. You can call it out right from the beginning. You see it in the text. And because of that, you create a clear pathway for you in your teaching and for people to follow along. So teach something relevant, teach something simple, teach something with structure. And then last of all, teach something with heart. If you show up with fear, if you're worried about how it's going to go, your fear doesn't help sanctify people. You might as well just not bring it. Just don't bring it up on stage. Leave it behind. Don't bother showing it to people. Don't come up and tell people, oh, I didn't really have time to prepare for this because you're basically trying to say, hey, if this isn't that good, don't think I'm a bad teacher, please. Like, that's just not a helpful thing to bring up. Leave it aside, teach the word, see what God does from there. And remember, when you show up and teach with heart, this proves to people that your passion in teaching is not about you delivering messages that you think are beautiful or polished or anything. You show people that what you really care about is believers growing in Jesus. If you can't get excited for teaching 
just because you don't see the cool illustrations or the fun conclusion or the interesting stories along the way, then, then maybe you're not excited about teaching. Maybe you're just excited about public speaking. If we're going to be Bible teachers, we need to be excited about any opportunity we get to help people grow in Christ. So even if it's in the moment, even if you don't feel fully prepared for it, God's call remains the same. Be ready in season and out of season. And by following just a few of these principles, we can find that when we feel out of season, God's word never is. And it's always ready. It's always able to change lives. And we should be excited about any opportunity we get to share it. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of First Time Bible Teacher. If you want to know more about this podcast or many podcasts like it, remember this is part of the Good Lion Podcast Network. So you can go to goodlion.io for more about this podcast and about a ton of other podcasts. If you like what you're hearing, please take a moment to leave a rating or to subscribe to the feed. All of that really helps. You can also follow First Time Bible Teacher on Instagram for episode art, different updates about the podcast, and different updates about the Good Lion Podcast specifically or the Good Lion Podcast Network as a whole. May God bless you in your teaching. We'll see you next time.